Welcome to the Superhost Unveiled podcast, where a small family created a thriving vacation rental business in the heart of the White Mountains. Founded by husband and wife duo Peter and Julia Plord, with the help of their business-savvy daughter Hannah, Peter was able to leave his full-time job and move him and his wife to their dream location. Together, we'll discuss the secrets of building a successful vacation rental business and beyond. Pack your bags, let's check in for the journey of your life. Here are your super hosts, Hannah and Peter Plord. So you're ready to branch out into co-hosting or property management, but you don't have any clients yet. Well, today in our episode, we're going to be talking about all the different things you need to consider when bringing on clients for your business. I am here with both of my parents. Hello. Introduce yourselves. I'm Julia. And I'm Peter. And I'm Anna. (laughs) And I'm really excited for this episode. I think it's super important to be picky about who you work with. I agree. (laughs) But at the beginning, I don't think, you know, that's maybe your mindset is to be picky. I think you're at the beginning wanting to grow so you'll take anybody on. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about what it means to be a co-host and a property manager for those who don't really understand what that means right now. Take it away, Dad. I think you. Need I mean, I think, I think, I think on the surface they're the same thing, but people just call them different things. So, property manager. I think if you look up that term, maybe in a dictionary, it's going to say you maintain the property. That means you cut the grass. That means you mow the. You know, you uh, you make sure like all the equipment's working, whether it's the furnace or the lights or whatever. You know, the plumbing. And I also think. A lot of property management companies mow the grass and take care of landscaping. That's not really what we're talking about. We're talking more about co-hosting, which is 24-7 uh, guest communication. It's creating that experience for that guest so, to, you know, so they can create memories. Uh, it's really a vacation rental company is what we're talking about. Somehow they kind of, I think both those terms got kind of thrown right. out yeah, there. And really, it's, it's really about being a vacation rental company. Awesome. So when you are doing this property management or you're co-hosting, you are listing, are you listing that under your account or are you list, are you a co-host on their account? How do you set it up for your business? I mean, that's a great question and it's actually changed um, since we started. So when we first started, we were putting all the accounts under our Airbnb account. And now we don't do it that way. I don't do it that way anymore, which I don't know. I didn't know that. I didn't think you did. So, you know, at the beginning we were doing it that way. And I think initially, because that's just the way I thought it was supposed to be done. Um, I don't know if we did it purposefully to make, you know, if you think about it, like if, if, so what happens is if, if you have a company, if you have a property and it's listed under you, if that relationship breaks for whatever reason, they decide to go with someone else or they decide to sell their home. Once that property is no longer listed under your Airbnb account, that they would have to start over. So for example, you know, for example, we took over a property that was managed by one of the bigger companies and they owned all their stuff. They owned all the reviews, they owned the property. And when they came to us, they basically had to start over, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's just the way it was. Well, I, I, the more I thought about how we were doing it and the exposure that was given us, because, you know, let's say, let's say a property just doesn't perform well or somehow doesn't get good reviews or whatever, then, then that's attached to us, you know? So 
I was like, well, if we do a really awesome job and take care of this owner and take care of this property and take care of the guest, people aren't going to leave us. Right. You know, so I, I stopped kind of thinking about what could go wrong and how an owner could just pick up and leave us with all these reviews that we got them. If they want to do that, you know, that's up to them. It's it's a lot of work to take care of yeah. a vacation rental home. So, so now what I do is I create their own account under their own name. And if they leave, they get all that stuff. They get all the reviews. They get all the, all the guest stuff. Yeah. That's, I, I like that because I feel like those other companies are doing that kind of icky marketing sales technique where they don't want you to leave. So they just like dig their claws into you and set you up for failure if you do choose to leave. So I like that you, you're confident enough in your, your services that, you give your clients freedom. You know, I was thinking about it. You know, it, I had a call today from a from a a, um, a person that wants us to take care of their property, and I always say like, because I don't make the, anyone sign a one year contract. Like a lot of companies, it's a one year contract. You have to sign on the dotted line. We have a contract, obviously, to protect the owner and to protect us, but we don't tie anyone to a one-year contract we do a 30-day if you don't like us you can leave if we don't like you we can leave and sometimes i say that to a potential owner and i'm like that kind of sounds better and, and i kind of back that up saying like look the goal is that we have a great relationship and we're here for the next five to ten years together right that is the goal but i feel like we don't need that's why we don't need to put a one year contract in. If we do a great job and we take care of you and your guest and your home, then you're going to stick with us, you know, for a very long time is what my thought is. But it's yeah. hard. It's sometimes I get like, oh, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, she thinks I'm just going to leave her in 30 days. That's the last thing I want to do. I just put a lot of work on the front end. Yeah. Taking pictures and getting the property ready. Julia walking through and making sure it's perfect, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But. I'm sure no one's thinking that. All right, so now that we know how it works, essentially, at the very, very basic level, how do we go about getting your first client? Like, what do you do? I would have no idea where to start. That's a great, I mean, that's a great question. <laughs> I think, you know, if we play the film back for us, and we've talked about this in the past, about our first client and me and, you know, how that went, and we got our first phone call and, um, all, all we did was put our website out there with a little Google ad on there, you know? So when I kind of realized like, Hey, we're going to come up North and this is where we're going to end up. And this is kind of what we wanted to do. I bought the URL and I did that be because I searched vacation rental companies up here or, or, or anything tied to North Conway and nothing came up. There was literally nothing all, all you kind of found was those landscaping companies, those companies that maintain your home. You didn't find anyone in this niche. Now, there are companies up here, but you couldn't find them unless you search their name, Interesting. which if you're coming from Massachusetts or one of those surrounding states, you know, I'll bring up, I don't even want to bring up their name, but there's a real estate company up here who's been up here forever. But if you don't know their name, you're never going to find that they manage vacation rentals up here. Now right. they, they ended up selling out, but, but my point is that space just by me doing a little search. So if you're listening to this and you're like, maybe in Charlotte's 
Charlottesville, North Carolina, or South Carolina, wherever that is, uh, or you're some. <laughs> <laughs> My geography skills aren't very good. Uh, or you're in Colorado, or wherever town you're in, do a search, see who's on that page, and say, okay, what is it going to take? What is someone going to search for when they're looking for me? And work that search backwards. That's kind of what I did. I like that because you're you're truly thinking it on a client basis. So you're acting like a client. You're thinking like a client. What would they do to search for this assistance? And it's so interesting that those other companies didn't show up. What if they get a search? They do the search. They take your advice. And there are hundreds of companies that come up. Then what do you think their next step would be to finding their first client? Yeah, I think that's a completely different episode, <laughs> honestly, because because there's because the goal, I think, is you do have to if you do have to find out, find a way to get cracked into that first page of Google. Yeah. You know, but there's other ways to do it. You know, you can advertise on Facebook. You can put a Facebook advertisement. And you can tie that to a, a zip code. You know, there's mailers that you can put out there. You, you know, you can go old school and do postcards. Now, that might be more expensive. You might have to put up more money on the front side, but you know, that's, you just got to think outside the box, you know, really. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So then you get a first client that's interested in working with you. What's the next steps? I think you should go and ask a different question. I think you should say you get that first call. <laughs> okay. Right. So we put, we had the, the, uh, the website out there and it might've been, I don't know, a month. I don't remember the timing of it hitting and kind of, obviously we weren't on the first page right away. Um, the other thing that we did that helped us kind of get on that first page is that you built our Facebook, you know, whatever that's called, business page, whatever. Is that a business page or a group? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that Facebook. The social media accounts that we made for it. Correct. And then because we posted on those accounts, if you do a search for us, our Facebook page shows up on that Google search. So yeah. I think those things helped us too. So then, so yeah, I think. What do you do? You get that first call and you have no clients, right? Yeah. Or remember email. Or... I do remember that. That was terrifying. Ter it was terrifying. Yeah. I remember like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, we got our, we got our first call. And um, I would say that was on a scale of one to 10 in a difficulty setting. The callback wasn't hard. I knew what to say. I just talked to her and said, you know, we'll come, I want, we want to meet you. We, we really, we really focused on, Hey, we live here. You know, we're a small family owned company that lives here. And that's, that was going to be our leverage. And it still is today, I think. And if you listen to a lot of these podcasts on vacation rentals, Airbnbs, a lot of them talk about actually not doing that. They talk about buying properties that you don't live next to which, mm -hmm. you know, that's a whole different podcast. But so, yeah, we got our first call and we set up our first walkthrough with with the owner. Me and Julia did it together. It was horrifying. Slightly. What <laughs> what did you talk about on the call that, you know, showed that you're experienced and that they should hire you without being like, I'm brand new. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's hard for me to go back in time and remember what I said. I know what I say now, uh, and it's completely different. And yeah, but now we have the confidence under our feet because we're good at what we do. Not, I don't want to sound like 
ego, yeah. egotistical, but you know, we, we feel, I feel a certain level of confidence that we can deliver a really high valued product for the owner and for the guest. And I really, in my heart feel like you could go and do this on your own, but you're not going to make as much money even after paying our fee that we can make because right. of what we do and the pricing software that we use and the personal touches that we give our guests and you know, that, yeah. that kind of thing. I really do believe we can make them more money than someone could make on their own. If they're, unless they're super focused on, this is my business, you know? Yeah. Which most people aren't. They're not. Um, I think what helped you on the call too, was that you already had two properties that were successful for you and you already had that software established. And I know we've gone through software changes since then, but we, you had a good understanding on how everything worked. And you also knew how much work it was. So you could kind of say like, yes, this is my results for these two. But also, you don't want to do all this work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, um, I think you're right 100%. Like that, having those, having managed our own vacation rentals ourselves gave us what we, that edge we needed. But if you're listening to this and you don't have one, then I would just highly recommend that you spend some time learning everything you can and knowing your system, whatever that is, before you walk in that door with that new client. You know, so no, like, so what do you, how do you manage pricing? You need to know what, what that means. You know, how, right. how, what do you, how, what's your length of stay minimum? What is, how are you going to price my property? What's your baseline property price? Do you have a minimum? You, you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to yeah. do? How do you know when it's high season occupancy levels? You know, like all the all the questions. What do you do for linens? What do you do for walkthroughs? What do you do for cleaning? What, right. what, what do is you your charge process? the guests for cleaning? What is your pro Yeah. All, all the questions, you need to run through those in your mind and know the answers to them before you, you know, because if you start sputtering over questions, then your confidence is not going to be there and you're going to lose the trust of the client. Right. Yeah. Um, but also I have to add that you shouldn't, I don't know if lie is the right word, but you we, should be transparent. We went, we, we got a call from somebody that was not sure if they wanted to sell their house or rent the house. And it was, you know, a million dollar house. And <laughs> we were very honest and we said, Cause they were like, Oh, you know, what about like how much money can we make and pricing? And we were said, to be honest, like we've never, we've never hosted a million dollar house before. So it would be due to us, but you know, so yeah. we, we, I mean, we came in with confidence of what we know and what we have rented and then kind of we're like, this is what we have done, but we're willing to, you know, help you with the million dollar house. We just have to be honest that we've never done that before. That's a good point. And typically people can pick up on things when you're stretching the truth or yeah. you're like working around an answer or something. People see that. So it's important to be transparent and people appreciate that too. If you admit mm -hmm. a fault, be like, that's something we're working on. They would appreciate that. Okay. So you had the first call and then you went to the walkthrough and I remember you both called me on your way home going, Oh my God, I screwed it up. I said this thing. Oh no, they're never going to hire us. And I, I distinctly remember that. And I think it's funny. 
So how did it go? What do you talk about on a walkthrough? What is the purpose of a walkthrough? I'm just looking at the property to see if it is a property that we think, you know, we want to put our brand on because we don't want to just take any old property and it needs to meet our standards. And, you know, we have to look at it to make sure, is it clean? Is it, is it well-maintained? You know, is it tastefully designed? You know, does, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like we want to make sure it's not some rundown falling apart house that we think will literally just get bad reviews and be a nightmare. I think it's different now than it was then. Yeah, I was going to ask because I know you were looser when you first started, whereas now you're very exclusive with who you work with. Yeah, 100%. Like we, right? Well, yeah, I was going to say it's more like we listen to our gut, which in the beginning, my gut would say, this is, this might be a nightmare. And I would be like, but you know, it's a client and we need clients and I ignored my gut and now I'm kind of like, Nope, I, my gut is usually right. So now I have the luxury to say like, I don't think this is going to be a good fit. Yeah. And for the most part, you aren't just saying like, Nope, you're out, but you're giving feedback. Right. And Mm -hmm. you're giving them the chance to come back whenever they fix the feedback. Correct. Yeah. And I think through that exchange, we know, we're, we're, so, you know, back to that first one, we were kind of in there like, I hope we get this. I hope we get this. I hope we get this. Right. Yeah. Now we go and we're like, should we take this? Should we take this? Should we take this? Our, our whole posture on it is completely different because we don't need another property at the moment. You know, like right. maybe that'll change someday. But right now and and we have like literally like a pipeline of properties that are in different stages that are coming on. So like we have the, the strength to say no, you know, or to say the truth, you know, I, I, again, back to my conversation today, she was kind of like, I don't know if it's ready. You know, I don't know if it's good enough. And I said, well, we do a walkthrough before we take any property on and we are very clear and transparent because it does neither you or us any good for us not to be direct. You know, we want to tell you like, that's not going to work. That table is broken. That chair is about to fall apart, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Um, We want you to be successful. uh, And, and back to Julia's point, like we have a certain brand standard now that we need to protect. But I also want to say that doesn't mean we're, only looking for million dollar houses you know we're we, we have houses that probably are all over the price map and all over the occupancy map so like some of our houses only sleep six people and some sleep 14 you know and there and there's everything in between so it's it's a cozy cabin to um yeah a seven hundred thousand dollar home right and it doesn't have to be the million dollar house or even have the most expensive things in it that that's not in my point at all talking about that million dollar house it's just the feeling that you get because people are going on vacation and they want to especially coming up to the mountains they want to escape the city they want to feel like they're in the mountains they want to be in like a magical place so if this little tiny cabin that you know only has only sleeps two people or four people and it's just 
if you drive up though and you're like, ooh, this is magical. I feel like I've stepped into another world. That's kind of what you're looking for is that the magic. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a sense of that now. And you also, I know, check for like quality of linens and making sure that they're not, you know, cheaping out on anything that's just going to break and you have to replace immediately, you know, things that are going to make turnovers easier for the cleaning staff. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're thinking about the whole team when you do the walkthrough. Yes. Awesome. Um, so I think we kind of covered what to, when to say no to a new property. It's when you don't have that good feeling when there need, there is repairs that need to be done and you know, the standards are not met but you give feedback, right? Well, and sometimes also it's, it could just be the owner themselves, maybe not either not seeing the truth of their property. Cause I mean, I get it. Everyone's like, you know, my place is, is awesome, but maybe it's not awesome. And maybe they're not willing to make any of the changes or they're, you know, some people, when you start telling them things, they're immediately like, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I get that. Okay, right. we can. But then there's some people that are like, what are you talking about? My place is perfect. And then so it's kind of like, again, that gut feeling of I don't know if this person would ever be willing to, you know, make any changes. Also, like clients that don't treat it like a business and are afraid to reinvest and correct all that. Yeah. I mean, you do need to periodically buy new linens and things break they need to be replaced and that's just part of doing business and sometimes you can get the feeling if someone is not willing to do that yeah i mean maybe we should talk a little briefly about not without bringing up names but we just did a walkthrough a week ago where we knew what the house was and we're like oh it probably i think it sold for like six hundred and forty-eight thousand. it's right in a great location it's close to the mountains it's gonna have tremendous potential and we walked in and we were kind of like, huh. It wasn't that great. It wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure today if it's the right fit for us. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards yes, but I really almost needed to see another walkthrough because they're, they, well, they did need to do some work in there. Well, yeah, because they, they had literally just bought it. Yeah. And they were going to do work, but it's kind of like we need to see the final product. Right. right. Because we were very underwhelmed. Very underwhelmed. Even though it was a very big house in a great location, it was still very underwhelming. Just weird light fixtures, ter- <laughs> terrible paint. You know, like, so they're going to paint. They talked about putting a bedroom in the basement that didn't have windows, which is like a serious no-no for Julia, especially. She's very passionate about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, who would want to sleep in a basement, first of all, and then with no windows at all? Sleeping yeah. in a basement's fine. But with no windows is not fine. Well, if you're the only one down there, like if it's oh, like there's nothing else down our there. Our bedroom at Middle Mountain is fine. Oh, because it's like completely finished. There's right, well, a game yeah. room and yeah. Okay. I, well, when you said who wants to sleep in a basement? I, yeah, unfinished basement with brick. You know. Well, because that's what it was. Cement walls. That's what it was when we looked at it. Literally just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A cement well, basement. My understanding is that they were going to finish that room, but it <laughs> still right, won't but, have windows. Right, but we need to see the final product but Correct. again no windows i i think that's not not a good right that's not magical i think that goes back to when you were saying that it doesn't really matter what 
what size the house is or the value of the house. It's how you recreate it and how you make a story around it. Make it it magical. Yeah. Which we have so many owners that totally make it magical. Yeah. You know, they, they, they just put their own personal touches in the, yeah. And they, and they get what this is, you know, this is an asset that can bring revenue and save you a ton of money on your taxes and well and pay for you basically you get a vacation home and have other people pay for it right yeah yeah not just for free but you get some extra bonus off of it too right yeah this podcast is made possible by misfits market Misfits Market is a subscription box of sometimes funny-looking, always delicious produce designed to break the cycle of food waste. I love getting unique produce that is 40% cheaper than the grocery store delivered to my door each week to spice up our meals. Get 25% off produce sent directly to your door using our code. Go to superhostunveiled.com backslash promo. Okay, so what makes a good owner? Um, well, I think of it as it's a team effort. So I feel like somebody who can listen to our advice and they don't have to do everything that we suggest, but you know, a good give and take of, you know, oh, you suggest this, I'm going to take that into consideration. And we're going to maybe you don't do exactly what I say. But oh, we did this instead, because we like that better. And I'm like, that's great. I think what we were talking about over the break was get our clients when they um, are receptive to feedback, and they're willing to make changes. They also treat their property like a business, and they're willing to invest in it and, you know, listen to that feedback and make changes that are going to improve the value of their home so that they ultimately make more money from their property. Is there anything you would add? I think they understand that people are coming up here to, and we've talked about this on many podcasts, but they're coming up here to create memories with their families. And what the ones that really get it understand that, maybe because they've been coming up here creating memories with their families and they just get like, if I just did this right here, that's going to be cool to be able to experience this. And I'm thinking about a new property that we brought on the market in February and they put, you know, an old school pinball machine in the basement and a stand up 6,000 game old school uh, arcade game. And, you know, the first guest that came said, we can't get our teenagers out of the basement because they're, they're either in the theater room or they're playing the video games and they love it. And all the adults are upstairs in this massive oversized kitchen having a great time. And that's exactly what they tried to create when they created it. And it's proof that it works, right? Yeah. And it's also because anybody can go stay in a hotel and we all know what hotels look like. And, but this is different. This is a home. So people are renting a home and I think the draw, and I think we've talked about it before, the draw is to possibly stay in a home that maybe you can't afford or maybe you can't afford your own vacation house or it's better than your house at home or whatever it is. Um, It's kind of like the draw of like watching house hunters. People just like to look in other people's houses and see how they live. And 
Um, so they want to come into a home. They don't want a sterile house that has cheap um, sheets and like paper plates and like they're cold. So they want to grab a throw blanket, but there isn't any throw blankets and there's no pillows. And it, they want to come into someone's home. So you need to set it up like you just went out for the weekend and you're loaning it to these people for the weekend because, you know, you walk in and it's warm and the beds are inviting and it has fluffy pillows and has throw blankets and pictures on the walls. And, you know, it's a, it's a complete home. And someone put a lot of thought into it, into them coming in and being comfortable. Yeah, I completely agree. The other benefit I think that comes from that, that maybe not everyone thinks about is that when someone walks into a home like that, they tend to take better care of it. Where if a lot of these details are missed or they notice like, I don't know, it's old pillows or old comforters or a ragged looking couch or, you know, whatever, whatever item you want to focus on. Um, we seem to get more damage in those kinds of properties than the ones that the owner really put a careful touch in getting ready. Yeah. Agree. Yes. So I know at the beginning you were fairly open to bringing on new clients, but you are now super exclusive and you have a point here to be selective sooner rather than later. What's your advice and takeaway from that transition. I first want to say, like, it's easy to say that sitting where we're sitting, you know, so it's 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 if someone would have said that to me when I first started, I'd be like, yeah, it's fine if you don't need the money, <laughs> you know, but you're going to get to your financial goals, I think, faster as soon as you can figure out that you can become selective. Yeah, because the quality of service that you provide to your clients is better if you're not because those bad properties, I don't, you know, not as good of properties seem to take a ton of your energy and time emotionally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you so think, I mean, it really makes a lot of sense if you really think through it. So if a guest walks in and it's a, not such a great condo, um, doesn't have the amenities that it should have and they're not feeling good about it. They're the ones that are messaging you, you know, they're the ones that are saying, Hey, this is broken or that's broken or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, the hot tub's not crystal clear or, yeah, yeah. you know, that, those are the ones that consume you. Yes. And then they also don't leave it that clean, which also takes more of your time. And then they also don't leave you probably such a great review, which damages your brand. And yeah. if they're breaking things or if things are just breaking because they're not in good shape, that's more time than it takes for you to maintain the property. Yeah. So I think being selective as soon as possible, whatever that means for you is very, very important. I feel like we were in a very good place financially that it wasn't in our urgent box to get to a certain number. Um, and we had a you know, very incredible summer and season and, you know, things just kind of fell in line. And, and now we're at a place where here's what's pretty awesome. I will say that if we just managed our own two properties and cleaned them all, we, we, we could live off of that. Yeah. So 
that that goes back to defining your enough we talked about that in another episode yeah and i think you know for those who are listening you know look at look at your expenses now look at like what how much you need to live on and you know the goal is and we're gonna i think we should have an episode about this but basically about you know about being able to save 50 percent of your income whatever that number is yeah that you know most people in our country try to get to 10 percent, and then they work for the rest of their lives until they're hopefully 70 80 not a good thing no i'm firmly against that talk about that all the time um i think it's also important to get into kind of like a energy woo woo type thing which people listening to this podcast might not know anything about but when you, I have no idea what you're about. when you're coming from a place of desperation, mm-hmm. you attract people that are going to match that energy. Whereas you're coming from a place of abundance, like you have enough, you don't really need any more. Mm-hmm. So you're attracting people that reflect that energy. So trying to be, you know, practicing gratitude every day helps you get into that abundance. But you know, desperation attracts what you don't want all the time. So. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, yeah, and also it's like kind of back to Pete, who has been managing restaurants his whole life, basically. But he always said about employees, like if you keep bad employees, it never makes you desperate to look for new employees that you're maybe your superstar employees out there and you're not hiring them because you're holding on to bad employees. Um, it's kind of the same thing with houses. Um, if you're holding on to the bad ones that constantly are causing you trouble and time and stress and aggravation, then maybe you're missing the awesome house that you maybe didn't call the person back because you said, oh, we have, we're too busy. But right. so maybe go and find that awesome house and then trim off the not so awesome houses. Yeah, that's a good approach. Okay, so I think we've covered, you know, figuring out if a property and an owner is worth hiring for you or not and like how to do it, how to go about it. Now they are saying yes, they're excited. You're agreeing to take the property on. What do you do now? Because I I assume there would be a really large onboarding process. Yeah, so we, you know, we have a, well, Right at the beginning, we send them our, our I don't even know what I call this thing. Uh, it's kind like, our, like a welcome package? Yeah, it's like our welcome PDF. Uh, it talks about our mission, which I'll read our mission to, to everyone listening. And we strive to create a complete hands-off and stress-free experience for our owners by treating their property like it's our own. Lease leaves their guests with an unforgettable home away from home experience that will leave them with lifelong memories. So nothing crazy earth shattering <laughs> but then it talks about us talks about where we live talks about our team uh and then there's some must do's for owners which is you know I, I put in uh property insurance companies there's two choices for that because you can't um you, you can't uh insure a rental property with your normal homeowner's insurance most of the time you know what kind of lock we use on the front door should you or uh install a ring Two sets of beddings, pillowcases, top sheet, bottom sheet, all that good stuff. Enough blankets and comforters for all beds. Um, 
have a minimum of a fire extinguisher, carbon monoxide monitor per floor and working smoke detectors. And then we go into kind of like what our services are, which is everything from how we talk to our guests, um, how we build their listing on Airbnb, the pictures that we provide, um, the descriptions that we write, how we'll get them on also Verbo, which is HomeAway. Um, you know, all, all the stuff that we kind of do, there's, there's a whole thing on that. And then we actually list uh, our cleaning process in here, which kind of gives the owner confidence that we have a process for cleaning, which is good. And then we have the ending of it is just, you know, frequently asked questions like who pays for cleaning? Do I need to provide cable and internet? Um, you know, should I allow my runners to use a wood stove or fireplace? How do I block off time for personal use, et cetera? So this goes out to them pretty much right away. And then, you know, we've, we use Asana um, as a software program that allows us to manage. You got this going. You want to talk about it? I think you should talk about it, actually. Sure. So it's kind of like a client relationship manager, but technically Asana is a project manager. So what we do is we set up, we have a template where it breaks down the client, the description and notes of the client, where the property is, et cetera. And then we have um, tasks underneath that tag, that client that is kind of like a to-do list. So we have them send, you know, their Stripe login. And I have it in front of me. Sure, if you want to read that, because <laughs> so, I don't know what it is. Yeah, so it's kind of like this little checkmark bullet. It's a to-do list. To-do yeah. list, yeah. So it's like initial contact, phone, welcome packet, sent, check, check. Initial meeting, in-person walkthrough of the property, contract sent and signed, we have a contract, which my attorney, um, put together with 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 me, we worked on it together. So if you don't have a contract, that's legally protected. Yeah, you need one. Um, bank account info acquired. Take photos. Work on the listing. Upload into Airbnb. Upload into our guestie account. Um, do you have? Did we create the the hostfully guidebook that we use? Uh, and then a final work walkthrough pre guest, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then what's cool about this is that you then can pull that sign contract and stick it in here. Yeah. But also we can put in here like any kind of password stuff or, you know, maybe they have a lock on the door and it, there's a code to it or an owner's closet code. You can put everything in there and it can be on your phone too, which is super awesome. Yeah. So basically we've created a client um, workflow for when they onboard. So we keep track of every single step. We know which step they're on and that helps us bring on new clients and just keep track of it all. Yeah, that's great. Um, awesome. So let's see. We kind of talked about you know what we do to do onboarding. How do you know when it's ready for the first guest to arrive? Uh, well, a lot of times we get that you know when in the initial meeting we get the well we would like to rent it in you know where we want to have it ready in thirty days. And it's like, sometimes maybe that's doable, but sometimes you're looking at an empty house and they're saying 30 days and you're like, yeah, no, that's, that's not going to happen. But, um, but so they, they gave us the call basically, like we're ready for pictures is kind of the call. So we go in there and sometimes, yeah, it's good to go. Cause some people like we've talked about it so many times, some people just get it and it's all you know, staged and beautiful. And sometimes it's just not. And I think that also comes down to just 
most of the time this is these people have never done it before so they don't get at what level it needs to be at so sometimes we need to kind of have that conversation of hey you really need a deep clean because it's really not ready to go for guests and you know a lot and we'll we'll do that but they just have to understand that like you know they're gonna have to pay for that and it's you know an extra thing that's gonna have to take some time but um you know it it really needs to be 100% perfect. Yeah, they've had to complete everything on our workflow checklist. And then yes, they need to have everything ready. Yeah, then we need to make sure they have, you know, all the sheets that they need. They have all their pillows, they have all the comforters, they have everything in their kitchen They, you know, because if you're a lot of people don't have all that stuff. So it does take time to yeah acquire all that stuff and sometimes you miss stuff so there is that you know you have to go through everything they have and yeah so do you do you do this walkthrough when you go take pictures or is there another walkthrough on top of that um it really depends because some people are here a lot some people come up and they're here just for a short while and then they have to go back home. So sometimes we get the call like, Hey, we've left, but you know, we're, we're pretty much good to go. Um, mm. So then it's kind of like we go in and, and maybe it is good to go and we take pictures and, and then we list it. But then we have had people that like, they went back home, you know, that's five hours away and it's not quite up to par and there's things that need to be done, but that's just communicating with them and just saying, Hey, it's just going to take a little bit more work, but, you know, I've, I've had place things where like they had a pullout couch, but they forgot to get the sheets and the comforters and the pillows for the pullout couch. But it's like, you know, not a big deal. If, if they're fine with me picking out stuff, I can go buy it or we can, they've picked out stuff and then had it shipped to our house. And that's not a big deal, but you know, it's just ironing out all the details. Cause it's hard. You don't want the guests coming in in three hours and then and then realizing that you don't have everything you need right so you want to make sure with enough time to fix anything that might be missing yeah that's a good point so when you're acquiring clients and when you're keeping your clients satisfied how do you build trust with them i think it starts with the communication you know i think this is something that's evolved too i think you know we've some you got to really understand what they want and what they need because some don't want to talk to us at all not that they don't want to talk to us but they're busy and they're running their you know their lives and uh and then some read every message that a guest sends and sends me email text messages and you know is asking me about you know summertime prices or uh you really got to read your guests and i but i do think like communicating and giving them um l you know we've talked about this on, on past episodes, we allow our owners pretty much to see whatever they want to see. You know, they can see every single guest communication that comes through. They can see every booking that comes through. They can see the revenue um, through our portal. So they know, you know, I'll give you an example. We, we had a weird thing happen um, last week where a, a grandma blew up a tea kettle on a glass ceramic stove and it blew a hole in the glass burner 
And that came to us at like eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not sending this to the owner tonight. And what's funny is because I talked to the owner the next day and she's like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this. She saw the message. She's like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this right now. So we were both kind of being like, all right, we'll pick this up in the morning. And, you know, the guest was really awesome about it. And it all worked out. We're getting a new stove. And it's getting delivered Sunday. And, you know, we, we got some some money from the guest to help pay for that. Uh, you know, that's just a, you know, a testimonial to an awesome owner. You know, she was basically upfront, like, Hey, I don't want the guest to have to buy us a new stove. That stove was old. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate what happened to it, but we don't feel like they should have to buy us a brand new stove when this stove was maybe 10 years old. And that's, um, you know, that's, that's what a good owner is right there. Someone that, um, cares about the guest experience to that level. Yeah, and understands that things are going to happen, and most of the time people don't do it on purpose, and it's just part of renting your house out to strangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how do you continue good partnership? I think we just said it. I think it's just about, um, you know, I send out basically a monthly email to them highlighting the month, talking about the future, you know what's gonna what's gonna happen, and I think it is. Although we delayed that exchange on the stove for maybe ten hours, um, it is getting anything bad to the owner as soon as possible, so you can work through it and figure out a good solution for both sides. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things we don't bring to owners because we fix them ourselves. I walked in, there was a kitchen cabinet door on the ground. You know, I did tell him like, hey, I put a screw in, but, um, you know, a lot of times I'll fix stuff like that. and The owner will never hear about it or know about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've covered a lot during this episode. And I know you just wanted to touch base on the current state of vacation rentals for anyone who's maybe anxious about that or curious with the pandemic. So curious to hear what your thoughts are on that. I think we're having a winter way above what we expected. I mean, February across the board has been over 90% occupied. I think if if I look at the calendar, the first week of February, I think we had maybe two days open out of all of our properties. Um, and it's the revenue side is incredible because for us, you know, you, we have school vacation week built into February up here. And uh, obviously that brings high nightly rates, which drives your nightly, which drives your monthly revenue up. So uh, the state of vacation rentals is stronger than ever, I think, for us up here. I know not everyone in the country is is feeling that, but... Uh, well, because we are within driving distance of basically all of New England. So yeah. people don't want to fly and they can't go to I mean, we've had a lot of guests that book with us that say, you know, we always do a huge ski trip every year and they've gone to Switzerland and they've gone all over the place skiing, but they can't do that this year. So they're just coming up to New Hampshire. That's yeah, going really well. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really uplifting. I think this was a information packed episode. Is there any last final thoughts either of you have before we wrap up? I would just say like, make sure you spend time whatever that is for you during the day building out your system 
before you walk into that first client's because they're interviewing you, right? You know, yeah, you're interviewing them. You're looking at their property, but they're interviewing you. So make sure you have your, your you know, your eyes dotted and your T's crossed, so you can have that confidence. If you if you really own that system, then you're going to have confidence, and that's going to build trust, and that's going to get you to acquire that owner. Yeah, okay. I agree. Awesome. So with that, we hope that this episode gives you the confidence to branch out into managing properties yourself or co-hosting. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share with a friend. And of course, um, if you share a screenshot of you listening to this podcast uh, to our Instagram, which is at Superhost Unveiled, we will tag you in our stories. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Hannah. Bye, everybody. I'm Peter. (laughs) Julia. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Superhost Unveiled.